You're listening to Flaunt, Find Your Sparkle and Create a Life You Love After Infidelity or Betrayal. Have you been betrayed by life, your body, or someone that you love? You're not alone. No matter what you've been through, Naked Self-Worth helps you regain confidence, joy, and enthusiasm so you can create a life you love and flourish. Tune in weekly and learn how. Hello and welcome to Flaunt. Find your sparkle and create a life you love after infidelity or a betrayal. I'm Laura Cheadle and today's show is going to go straight to the heart. It's going to cut deep for some, but it's also going to be exactly the medicine and the message that I believe so many of us need right now in our lives, not only because of the betrayal or because of the pain that we're experiencing, but because of the pain of the whole planet, because of where we're all at right now and where we all need to be moving forward. My guest is the incredible Carrie Hummingbird, and she is a soul guide a healer, and a messenger who brings indigenous wisdom to the Western woman, to the Western world. And I wanted to read a quick section from her website before we get started. She says, welcome to the great awakening. We are being called upon to reclaim our greatest power through a series of tough initiations And boy, do we all know that betrayal is one tough initiation. The way forward guides us to stand up on our wobbly legs and courageously open our hearts and trust that we can take the next step and then the next and then the next. And with that, welcome to the show, Carrie. Oh, thank you so much. I was getting chills as you were reading that back to me. I I often channel these messages and they're not just for the collective, they're also for me. So yeah. when I hear them back from someone else, it gives me goosebumps or oh. God bumps, you know, whatever your belief system. Exactly. Yeah, I, w- I was getting those same things as well. So let's just kind of start, start, start from the beginning here. Indigenous wisdom. Some people know exactly what that means. Other people might be thinking, I don't understand what is indigenous wisdom and why, why, why would we be bringing indigenous wisdom to the Western world? Aren't we like evolved and don't we know so much more now than we used to know? And what does that mean? Oh my goodness, that's such a good question. So the first time I realized how much I don't know and how not only how much I don't know, but how much prosperity I lacked of the important kind of prosperity was when I went to Peru and I met these people with rainbow ponchos and rainbow caps living in mud houses, like mud brick houses on top of mountaintops, you know, really high up in the Andes mountains with these little slingback shoes in the middle of winter with mud and dirt all over their feet, like just crusted onto their feet. And I thought, oh my goodness, I'm looking at their house and I'm realizing that my attire for the day from REI and my backpack and my shoes and my 
clothing and my thermal layers is worth more in money than all of their possessions combined. And what I realized after I met them and started working with them is that what I had, what they had might look like external poverty, but what I had was internal poverty because they had joy, generosity, Felice, happiness, you know, um, a willingness to, to just give from their hearts in what they call Aini, which is right relationship and the spirit of synchronicity where you just, you feel motivated in your heart in that moment. Like, I just need to give this person this and you just give it and you don't have any expectation to get anything back from that specific person, like, or to get anything back because you're being good or, you know, like getting a reward, like none of that. Like you just give it because it's in the moment and it feels good and you just do it. That person needs help right now, you help, period, that's it. And and then later on, somebody helps you because you allow it to happen that way. And yeah, it's a potent lesson. And so the people that live closest to the earth like that, they have this wisdom. They have inner prosperity. And that is what the West is lacking. We could have all the prosperity in the world on the outside, all the material things, and completely missing the point on the good stuff that's actually here for us when we can humble ourselves to learn from the people that even in the United States, we're actually treated as savages and told, you know, in some religious institutions said that they were evil and all this kind of stuff. It couldn't be further from the truth. They have access to the kingdom. They are in the Garden of Eden and we're the ones who left. Yeah. Yeah. There's... 50 things I want to say all at the same time. Yes, I know. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, I, I feel that. And I hear that. And I think sometimes there's a tension when we are in the West and we're raised in this culture and we can hear that and we can think, okay, yeah, I get that. That sounds good, but it's hard to really feel what that must feel like to have that inner prosperity, to what that must really be like, because we get so locked into, yeah, but he cheated on me. Yeah, but I sacrificed and I did all of this and I did this and they did this to me and then the karma's gonna get them. And to really get into that headspace instead of feeling into the heart space. And then taking that one step further, our discomfort of feeling into the heart space, our discomfort of allowing ourselves to drop all that external, that, that's scary because then we have to feel. And I know you've had a big journey and I was wondering if you would be willing to share kind of how you went from that Western headspace, external, I have to do this, look this, to truly letting it go and bringing yourself to this feeling space. Yes. So like most people in the West, I struggled with that mm, the desire to look good and to look as if I had it all together and to um, meet every um, challenge with greater knowing or greater aggressive proof that I was right. You know, I was involved in the right and wrong game, right? And the West is really involved in this game. Uh, you know, we're trying to prove that we're right and everybody else is wrong and that the, you should listen to what I have to say instead of just listening to what the, you know, really the first place to start is listening to what other people have to say so that you can understand 
the perspectives that they're coming from and why it is that they're coming from that. And then go inside and look at your own triggers. You know, this, what I want to say is why are we like this? Like, why are we so involved in human drama? So focused on intellectual sparring, so focused on, um, you know, material acquisition, so focused on looking the part. I mean, I, I, I don't judge it. I got the fake boobs too. Okay. So like I got the acrylic nails and I, I did all of it. I still do my hair cause I can't give that up, but you know, I mean, I, I also want to look the part. I also, you know, there's, but this, there's like this, and what many people in the West are now calling out and really upset about and projecting onto other people is the narcissist, right? Like, but guess what? Western culture is narcissism. That's what it is. Because when you have that much um, stuff and that much um, cushy living and that much, you know, drive to compete with others and to look the part and be better than everybody else and be the elevated one, because we have a, you know, we have a this idea of a a ladder of success you know some people are at the top and everybody else is at the bottom and that we want to be the ones at the top that all of that programming is vertical and it's false that's why you can't ever get there because it's it doesn't exist you try to get there doing that and it doesn't work because it's false and but for a while we follow it right like every single one of us does the thing we go to the college we get the degree we get the job we try to rise up the corporate ladder the vertical, you know, my building is bigger than yours or my appendage is bigger than yours kind of thing, right? We all are involved in that. And women have gotten into this because why? Because that's the system. That system was created for us. Um, we were born into it. So men alike, like they follow it because that's what they were told to do. Women follow it because it's against our nature to be that way because we're more lateral, when you have a lot of feminine energy, feminine energy is, is horizontal, not vertical. Feminine energy is inclusive, but we've been domesticated to be competitive, to be jealous, to be um, tearing each other down on our way up the ladder. This is what's falling apart now. And the indigenous wisdom, they already, you know, they don't have stuff, right? So it gets really simple. Like when all you got to do is like, walk the sheep around the mountain, <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you have a lot of time to think and just contemplate and be and be with nature. And, and you realize that everything is connected to everything else. That's another just key differentiation. They, they know that everything is connected to everything. You are me. I am you. Listener, I am you. You are me. We are not separate. Your partner, that is you. You are them. You are not separate. This is what happens in Western because we think we're separate because we got think we got kicked out of the garden because of the ideology of our primary white people religion, you know, really, which is what drove Western civilization, even if your skin color is brown, you're still in the, the colonization matrix, is Christianity, right? Where the woman Eve took the bite of the apple and made a big mistake and everybody got kicked out of the, you know, shameful and got kicked out of the garden. Mm -hmm. Well, when you think God doesn't love you and you got to earn love back, what do you do? You create hierarchies, you create ladders, you compete with each other because I want to get the love. There's a limited supply and I need to get it before you get it. Because if you're the favorite child, then I'm not the favorite child. And if I'm not the favorite child, I'm not going to heaven. And I need to make sure that I am the favorite child. See, the, all of this whole matrix is all tied into the colonization of Christianity on this continent. And the, the horrible things that happen, we can't even go in here, on the way to getting what the lack, what's the lack? What is actually the lack? 
disconnection from your your divine identity your divine source your connection with the planet and all of our relations the stone people the oceans the whales the dolphins by the way the whales and the dolphins are just like us they're conscious beings they have choice just like us they're in we pollute the oceans so much i could say there but like yes that leads to friction in relationships is every relationship your your relationship with your children yes. you better listen to what i say because i'm your authority well it's a hierarchical thing do we want to treat our kids that way? Is that really the best way for them to learn? Or or is it more like, I respect your sovereign being. You happen to be in a little tiny body right now, so I need to look after you. Right. <laughs> you know? But that yeah. doesn't mean I need to strip you of all your power so I can feel powerful. Yes. <laughs> I know I just, I channel things. So like, if everyone's listening, going like, we just cover like 20 different topics. Right. Just, just let it come in because it's like little tiny seeds for your soul that's coming down from the upper realms and it's for you. Yes. Yes. And, and, and I think my audience is pretty used to that because same thing, it all comes in and then we have to gel for a while and sometimes take a breath, <laughs> take a breath. Right. What I love about everything that just came in for you though, from you is it's perfectly poised to lead into a very specific discussion around what I do like to call the gifts of infidelity and betrayal. There's this big mistake that Eve made, you know, wow. Infidelity can be a big mistake too. There can be that separateness, you know, that lack of oneness that I'm doing this to you. I'm doing this to me. There's all there, there, there's so much. I'm a sovereign being. I have a choice. Yes, but you're in a relationship and it's always my belief that the person who cheats is not a bad person. It's a person who's in pain. And I want to go a little bit deeper with you. If you would be willing to just be so vulnerable. I know you had an experience cheating and to talk about the, the reasons, the pain, the feeling, the gifts, how does that tie into this universal wisdom? Because believe it or not, everything is love. Everything is beautiful. Everything is a gift, but can you help people understand how infidelity ties into all of this? Yes, absolutely. I'll give my best, my best shot. So, you know, in the book, Power Versus Force, we're presented with a, a map of human consciousness and the lowest point is shame. Okay. The lowest point, the, the lowest you can go is shame. Right. And like I said, that got started in this whole ideology that although I was not domesticated and my mother was. So I inherited this matrix through her, although not directly, because she wanted to stop that. She wanted me to find my own power. She wanted me to to know that I'm sovereign. I can create whatever I want. But she was in the matrix and in my early years made some choices of partners that were not like the best partners for a child, a girl child emerging into the world. And, you know, and there's many, many, many homes across the planet where this is the truth, where little girls and we're seeing it come up into the social media and, and into our, our visual awareness now is very heartbreaking, the molestation and other things. I was with one of those men as a, as a father who, who was starting down that path to molest me at a, as a baby, as a baby, programming me to please men as a baby. So my mom left him, married another man who was seemingly a wonderful person up the corporate ladder, right? Like successful and all these things. 
and was a raging alcoholic in private. So she experienced the abuse towards the mother and then the abuse towards the mother usually falls to the children because these kind of situations, they'll pin the children against the parent, the mother, by saying, if, if your child acts out and I'm upset by it, I'm going to beat you up. So now the child's like, I'm responsible for my mom getting beaten. This is what I experienced until five years old. And then my mom toughened up and she, she had been making her plans for quite a while and said to this six foot tall man, and she was five foot two, no. I am leaving you and you cannot stop me. You should not treat me and my daughter this way any longer and walked out. But see, all of my formative programming from zero to five was already there. So even though I had the best dad in the world going forward, everything was set in motion. So some of the patterns that, that, that really trick, got tricked up was that I didn't trust my body. I didn't trust myself. I wouldn't allow myself to play. I wouldn't allow myself to explore my sexuality because I had this idea it was, it was bad or wrong or sinful or or, you know, just, I shouldn't be doing that. And I also was like looking for validation all over the place. And here I had this great dad who was finally loving. Mm -hmm. So I cultivated this like very strange daddy relationship in a way. I mean, he never did anything wrong or anything like that. He was an excellent, integrous person, but I had this thirst for a daddy. I don't know if you, I mean, I think women know what that, what I mean by that. I had this yeah. thirst for a daddy, you know, and because of these early years, even though I had a great dad, he was awesome. And he was my dad until just like five years ago. He was an amazing man, like the best master teacher I could possibly have had. Still, these patterns were in place. So when I picked my partner, it was in the place of wounding that I selected my partner. And this partner seemed wonderful at the time, right? Like, this is great. This is awesome. And that's, that's kind of the thing. Like when you're in a karma paradigm, which we're moving out of now, but when you're in a karma paradigm, that person just looks so sexy. You can't give them up. <laughs> like you just dive head first without even really thinking about it too much. That's what happened. And I just took him in and he wanted to be, guess what? He wanted to be a big daddy. So when I had my baby, and all this maternal activation started inside of me, I was going through this massive transformation because I had made myself so small. In fact, I don't even think I breathed. So small, so tiny that I wouldn't take up any space and that I wouldn't actually speak when I was upset. I wouldn't actually tell him, I don't like what you're doing in bed. I don't like, this isn't making me happy. I didn't know how to please myself, so I didn't know what to tell him. And so all this constriction just made it so I actually had a huge postpartum depression right after the birth of my first child. And that's when all of our arguments started because what was actually happening was that my power was coming in, my true power, my mother's wisdom, my womb wisdom, my voice was being asked for me to express. And I was like, knew that if I did, this relationship wasn't gonna last because this guy, couldn't handle me being bigger than him. I always had to be physically smaller than him, like smaller in every way if possible, right? Smaller in wisdom, smaller in everything in order for him to feel secure as to be the big daddy. So this is the paradigm, okay? So 20 years of that, believe me, I went to weekly psychotherapy because I had the idea that it was all my fault and I was broken from my early childhood, right? So I was in weekly psychotherapy probably since I was like 15 and I tried, you know, I tried to commit suicide at 15 and I was, so I was already on watch, you know, like she's crazy. So I was like, 
having all these messaging that I didn't, you know, I couldn't trust myself, which I know people get in the Christian church too. Can't trust myself. Can't trust myself. Can't trust what's going on for me. I'm crazy. I'm emotional. That's, you're not supposed to do that. Took all the not feeling pills, you know, all of that. And it's, guess what? It didn't go away. It just like the con- trying to control and constrict myself from what was wanting to be evolved through me didn't work. So after 20 years of trying, you know, really like 18, if I'm honest, like 18 years, you know, together with this person and married, 18 years in this relationship, going to psychotherapy, he was not going to his own psychotherapy, I was going to psychotherapy and periodically he joined me in some couples counseling, periodically, in which, you know, it didn't sink in ever, because he just wouldn't receive it. He didn't understand time out. No, I don't understand that. So if he couldn't win... He couldn't stop. So we just, you know, there was never room for my voice. So as we went through this whole process and I kept trying to hold on to this relationship because I did not want my kids to be a product of divorce because I was a product of divorce. Right. I didn't want that. So I'm trying to hold on to this thing and make it work. (laughs) And it's not working for me. So I get down, you know, after my kids are both born and because, yeah, we brought another child into the world who's a blessing, so I'm glad we did it. But it just increased the pressure, you know, So because now I'm, like, seeing how my older child is being treated, and I don't like it. And matter of fact, I'm seeing myself at that age, and I'm getting really triggered and really upset with how this father figure, you know, and the, and the criticism. And I'm seeing how I'm self-critical and I'm being criticized. So, like, that wound is just being poked constantly, and I'm not – defending myself. I'm not speaking up for myself. I'm like just fleeing. I'm just taking the pills, drinking the wine, trying to go to the movies and escape, going, just finding any way to be happy. So at the end of all of that, 18 years later, I got to that dark hole again. And I was like, I want to die. I don't want to be on this planet anymore. I want to, I want to go. And I'm on the floor in that like eat, pray, love moment. And I was like, just make the pain stop. It stopped for just a second. I was like, wow. And this little tiny opening started. And I realized I had to make a choice. You know, are you going to stay here? Or are you going to go? And right around that time, the pain had gotten so bad that yes, when I escaped to art shows to show my art, because I was an artist, mm. that was my only outlet for making me feel good and connected to everything that is, is doing my art. And he didn't like my art because it he had to babysit on the weekends. I was like, that's parenting. That's like, right. But okay. We have arguments about that. You know, like I could only go so many times during the year because he didn't want to babysit. And here's like, this is the only thing that's keeping me alive and sustaining me at this point. So I can show up for my kids is like the joy of this, this something that feels soulful and real and beautiful. And I just want to keep that going. So at the art shows, I started allowing myself to receive those compliments. I started allowing myself to receive that love that people coming into the booth were like, wow, you're really, you're so beautiful. What? I am? You're really? Because I'm overweight, according to my husband. Or you're so, your artwork is so inspirational, or I'm really moved by you. Or, you know, and I started allowing myself to receive that. And then I wanted more. And so I turned to pornography to find that sense of connection 
And then pretty soon I started calling that into being because we're conscious beings, right? And so all that focus and all the joy. And by the way, in the meantime, I attended one of those parties where they give you the toys and you can try them out, which I never would do. I finally said yes to it. This is all around the 18th year, you know, 17th, 18th year. And I said, yes, I said, fine, I'll try it. And I experienced bliss in my body. Once that was cracked open, I ain't going back. I'm sorry. I've never experienced that after 18 years in this marriage. I need that. Whatever that is and whatever way I can get that is now my only desire. That is the only thing that I want right now is that. And I don't care where it comes from because I'm that desperate now. I have to get that. Now I know that that's a doorway to connect us to spirit, to source in our bodies so we don't forget. And so we can always know that we're connected and we can get to the highest realms. So, yeah, that's kind of like how the mayhem happened. And, you know, the thing is that he was, he, he wanted to keep the relationship going. He accepted that I was making those choices. He yep. actually, ex I'm the one that couldn't accept it. It wasn't him. Mm -hmm. I'm the one that couldn't, he wanted to learn. He wanted to work on it at that point. He's like, wow, you're having this big breakthrough. Uh, how can I be big daddy in that? You know, like I want to be part of that. And, but I was I was so pent up with so much rage and, and anger at myself and the projected image of him that I'd created. I had projected that anger onto him because I wouldn't speak up all those years, because yeah. I wouldn't explore my body all those years, because I wouldn't test the boundaries of what I had set up for myself, because I was constricting myself for so long and I wouldn't break free of my own cage. That's what I couldn't, I couldn't get past. And I didn't want to face that. So it was really my own self-loathing for all of that pain I caused myself that I left the marriage. It wasn't really like his deficiencies or anything like that because he wanted to work on it. He wanted to go to the next place. He's like, yeah, obviously I don't know stuff. Like I'm admitting it, you know, like, so right. let's, let's do it, you know? And I was like, mm, no, I just, I can't. At this point, I snapped, right? Like sometimes women get to that place where it is too much now and it has snapped and I am done. And mm -hmm. I got to that place, I am done. Even though I was the one that was exploring, I got to the place where I'm done. I can't stay here. It's not good for my health. It's not good for our family. It's not good for the kids. I want my kids to see committed partners that love each other, that respect each other, that respect the mother figure, that respect my voice and my wisdom. That's what my boys need to receive. And they're not getting it here. Mm-hmm. And they're still young. I need them to learn this lesson. And I need to learn it too for myself. Like I need to respect myself. And I can't get there in this configuration. I don't know how to get there here. It's too complicated with all of the messiness and the diagnosis because I had diagnoses by now and all kinds of things. So it's like, it's like everything. He called it the perfect storm. And he was right. It's the perfect storm. Can't move past. I had to leave. And it was a good decision. My soul actually sent me a message, showed me, because I started having these visions, right? Which were never, because once I opened up that channel of pleasure, like my soul started being able to reach me because I wasn't all constricted anymore. And I was opening and I saw this vision, this mystical, I get vision, mystical visions all the time now, but I saw this vision of us end of the rope. And it was like, that's the end of the rope. That's what that means. And I'd heard that phrase my whole life, like, well, that's the end of the rope. And then I saw one and I was like, well, that, that, this chapter is done. I am moving on. So that's what happened. And, you know, I, I, um, for, there definitely was guilt, you know, a lot of guilt. I've worked through so much guilt, shame, 
the whole spectrum judgment, self-judgment, recrimination, self-loathing. Like I've worked my way from the bottom up, right? So, I mean, it was a soul exercise. And I think, I think that, you know, he's still very hurt, I think. So he, you know, he and I don't have a very communicative relationship, unfortunately, especially, look, I'm out here talking about things, which just exposes the whole thing, which is hard for somebody, you know, in a relationship. But I feel a greater purpose. I feel like this is in order to help healing on the planet. I'm a right angle cross of service in my human design. I'm here to be in service through my life's experiences and be a messenger and share from my heart what I've, the healing I've claimed for myself. And so I, I just really bless my former partner. I bless the father of my children in how his journey must have been through all of this process that I've had to go through in order to be my greatest service. So I want to just really honor that, you know, wherever he is in his journey, He's, he has, he has been his own bedrock of holding space for this to happen because he's never once publicly came out and said anything about the things I was sharing. Mm -hmm. So I just want to say that, you know, he's always held space for it. Mm -hmm. So, um, I appreciate that. Yes. You said something so powerful, the healing I claimed for myself. Mm. This, this was complicated. This was messy. This created pain and created healing. Yes. I don't, you know, I, I don't want to lose sight of the fact that when we are in the darkest night of the soul, we can always claim our healing. And, and it's, it's really important that we do this because one of the things that, you know, in my journey over the, that's, this was in 2011 um, that I left. Right. So now it's like 2022. So 11 years. Yeah during that process of healing and I, I used up my entire 401k studying and healing myself learning not psychotherapy I left that model because for me that was not the model if it's your model stay there totally you know right. honor yourself honor your own path don't listen to anything I'm saying I got off the pills okay I took the I stopped the not feeling pills because I needed to feel myself in order to heal I needed to feel the things I wouldn't feel all those years that I suppressed and I denied and I constricted myself around. I'd actually feel that in order to heal myself. When I, a year after I left him, I had a grapefruit size cyst on my right ovary. Oh I needed God. to have surgery to remove it and they, they, they had to drain it in order to take it out. It was so big. Oh, that's huge. This is what happens to your body when you don't face your feelings and you don't express yourself and you don't speak up. That's why I'm here to share this message. Why did I go through what I went through? I'm a messenger. I'm a healer. That's what I'm here for. I've, I have Chiron in my chart. I am here, the wounded healer. I go through the process, this, the drama storyline, and I bring it to fruition. And I come back and I share with you from my own experience, and I hope it touches your heart. This is what we're here to heal on the planet. My story is just a microcosm of the macrocosm. And we're all doing our bit on this right now to heal these relationships between the masculine and the feminine, primarily. The first divide, you know, and this creation story, which is false. We're all beloved, every single one of us. Yeah. And, you know, so and there, you're not going to avoid pain. Like you could be the good, goodiest person. Right. <laughs> You're in like the most obedient and the most, and you, you will not avoid pain because pain is part of the journey. We, we learn through the process of healing through that pain and that actually the pain, what is it? It's our, it's our hearts opening. It's mm -hmm. our compassion opening. It's us breaking free of our, of our falseness of the programming and conditioning. Yes. And, and what I particularly love too about your experience and my experience 
My husband and I came together in healing. You and your former husband came apart in healing. It's getting rid of the judgment of healing looks a certain way. Healing is the happily ever after. No, it's not. Mm -mm. It can be, and it cannot be. It can be anything different. People, people who cheat look all different ways. It's not bad people who do it. It's not good people who, there's no judgment around anything. The way you constricted yourself, that's not necessarily good or bad. That was your journey. I didn't have that constriction in my body. You did. It's a different, different journey. It's a different soul path. And yet they can all lead to healing. Yeah. And it, it's really following your own path. And I think it's what's really big on the planet right now that we're being opened and invited to is to realize that we're unique thumbprints. So if you look at your thumbprint, you'll see that you're a unique thumbprint. There's no other thumbprint like you in the world, right? We've proven that. Every thumbprint is unique. So if you know that you have a unique thumbprint, don't you think you were stamped that way for a reason? I mean, it just, like, it's so obvious. Like, these, these spirit gives us obvious things to just go, dull, you know, like, mm -hmm. and we still don't get it sometimes, you know, because we're trying to fit in and belong. And we have these drives to belong with other people. We have these drives to look good. We, you know, this, this conditioning I was talking about, the narcissism. So like in my early years of, of healing, I would say, well, he's just such a narcissist. He can't admit he's wrong about anything. And I got into that conversation of I'm an empath and I'm good and I'm, and he's the narcissist. And I got involved in a, a narcissist empath relationship and it's all his fault, you know, and I got involved in that too. But that's just another version of the triangle of disempowerment, you know, which is like the rescuer, because then I became the rescuer, right? I started learning how to be a healer, which is what I am meant to be. But there's like, you have to be in right relationship with it. You know, if you're a rescuer, that's not really being an adequate healer. So I, at first I was, I was like, I am good and I am, I am wonderful. And he was the bad one, <laughs> you know? So it was like rescuer, victim, perpetrator. So in our relationship, I was the victim and he was the perpetrator. Right. And I, from his perspective, I, he was the victim and I was the perpetrator and most relationships are like this in the, in the disempowered state. So nobody can ever be right. Cause the other person in your story is your villain. And then alternatively, when they do what you want, they're your rescuer. So like they flip around between perpetrator and rescuer, depending on if you like what they're doing or not, you know, yes. and that's so disempowering, you know, that's not, yeah. That's not the actual person. That's just your, to that's just a projection field. Like people are just constantly dealing with projections. So finally in my healing path, you know, and that, that part, and I think a lot of people are in that part now where they're like, well, that person's a total narcissist and they're just an ass and, you know, and I'm the good one. I was the victim. I'm the one that's, well, that's a part of the journey. That's necessary. Cause I had to, that actually helped me to reclaim some self-worth, you know, that part of the journey help me to see like it's not all my fault because I really thought it was I was scapegoated for a lot of things and I thought it was all my fault I right. believed it right. you know <laughs> so you know and in my family and everything I was just kind of I started this story that it was all my fault I came in with that so I started attracting examples of that you know yeah. so I just I built that story for myself so I could I think find my way out of it but that story is like only one don't stay there you know that's just an aspect of healing and when you feel like you need to move on from it please do because mm -hmm. the next place is your response ability yes it's not about judgment blame and shame it's just simply taking responsibility over the dream of life that you unconsciously created for yourself through your soul's evolution your soul did that to you for you through you 
for you, you know, your evolution. And then you get to wake up from it and go, oh, the me that's my soul that's eternal created this experience through the me that's temporary so I could have lessons as a whole. And uh, this was part of the, the game plan. Now that I know that, I can start clearing away the false cobwebs and stories that I created throughout the years about myself and release myself from all of those ideas because they're only ideas. Yes. And all my ideas about other people based on a sense of powerlessness that I created to make myself feel safe and righteous. And I can release all that. And then I can open my heart and let in the medicine of, oh, me too. As Rumi says, we are not a drop in the ocean. Like I'm the good drop next to the bad drop. <laughs> I'm the no. empath drop next to the narcissist drop. No, no, I am the entire ocean yes. in a drop. So I am also the narcissist. I am also the wounded one. I am also the betrayed one. I am also the angry one. I am also the jealous one. I am also the hateful one. Yes. I am all of that too. And yes. so is everybody else. Yes. Because we can't be anything other than that. We are all that is. Right. So it starts to deconstruct that polarity because that's that polarity is where we get this idea that, well, because when you watch the movie, and luckily some of them are deconstructing this now, and I'm grateful for that, but these superhero movies, they'll make the the rescuer, the superhero, like perfect. Right. And then the villain is like perfectly evil. Right. And, and in the, actually it was the latest, I don't know, the, the, I, I can't remember what it is, but one of the latest movies I saw, they actually started showing him throughout different time dimensions where he was actually turned into the bad one, right? So he was to blame for some stuff, you know, like he was taking actions that were causing suffering and in other dimensions. So it, it was like the multiple dimensions of who he actually is were actually represented in the movie. I appreciated that. I can't remember the name of it was, but they're starting to happen now in these movies, which is like, great you know because it shows the culture is ready for some disintegration of this cleared boundary like i'm good you're bad thing because that's not true no and that is so important because it just feels so good to be righteous i'm it sure it does <laughs> and it's just so easy but then you don't grow you don't change and i think that's what i'm curious about that gap that gap between where we start to wake up and we're like oh I'm getting it. I'm getting that I can have a rich interior life. I'm getting that I'm dissatisfied and I feel quote unquote broken or sick for a reason. And I see that there's something else out there, but that journey sometimes looks so hard. What, what is your best <sighs> advice around going into that? And, you know, cause I can hear listeners saying, I don't want to drain my 401k and spend 11 years. <laughs> But well, it's, it. it's so, I just want to, first of all, I want to say it's liberating. It is so liberating to take the journey. Now, the second thing I want to say is, um, I came in for this purpose. So I also want to say I came in for the purpose of being a healer, Chiron returns, a healer on the planet and a right angle cross of service. So as I do my own healing, I'm helping the collective heal. That's part of my role on the planet. And so my experience has been very extreme because as you can imagine, I need to have an extreme experience in order to understand the whole spectrum in between. So if I'm gonna help somebody, I can only go as far 
as I've gone in helping somebody. So if I'm sitting by the pool with my margarita saying I'm a spiritual helper and I'm like, I haven't even gotten in the water yet, how am I going to help the person who's in deep ocean drowning? I can't. Mm -mm. So I needed to go on my personal journey in this incarnation to the deepest ocean to experience it all so that I can help everybody from that deep ocean all the way to the pool, right? So, and many of us have had that experience, like some version of that. But if you're, you know, if in this lifetime, if you're kind of sitting by the pool and you just need a little bit of help, well, that's fine. You don't need to like go do the deep ocean thing I did. It's not necessary. Like only whatever is necessary is what happens. Like, yes. you know, I know that we had this recent couple of last years where a lot of people got sick and, and some people left the planet and things like that. But that is a perfect example because notice how every single person had a different relationship with it than everybody else. And it was unpredictable and you couldn't say like, it's going to affect every single person exactly this way. That's a perfect example of what I'm talking about. It's not going to affect everybody exactly the same way because the only the medicine that's needed is what's delivered. You don't get, you don't, you're not going to get like a bucket full when all you need is a drop. So don't be afraid of the journey is what I want to say. And also, when you start the journey, and I know that everybody's probably heard this before, you're not given more than you can handle. So if you are given the deep ocean and you're like flooded, okay, then you go, oh, I guess I'm that soul that can handle this. Yes. Because it, it's, it's, this is a benevolent, it, I guess this is the decision you have to make. Everybody needs to make the decision for themselves. I believe this is a benevolent universe. I believe that we in a benevolent God, source creator, great spirit, Allah, whatever the words are you want to use, I believe in a benevolence. And so I believe that we're all being guided so that we can be successful. Yes. <laughs> so, and, and yet we are being brought expanded past our comfort zone into places where are new so we can experience something new and know something new about ourselves, which is uncomfortable. And it's not more than we can actually handle. We just have to expand our sense of what you can handle. Yeah. Everybody here, I believe, has probably said the words, oh God, why me? <laughs> I said that a lot. Yes. <laughs> what did I do to deserve this? This is awful. It's not fair. Yes. It is fair. It is. And, and I, that hurts right now. I know for some people listening to this, like, just like I'm turning off this broadcast because that is, I don't like that piece of truth. It hurts. It stings. Yes, it's fair. I can speak to this because I spent a lifetime thinking it wasn't fair how I was being treated. It's completely fair. So how did I arrive at it's fair? Let me just share that um, what I needed was a new map. So I needed a new map to understand why it was fair. And the new map and a new identity. So when I was in the identity of Carrie, the victimized poor child that then led to poor relationships and a diagnosis and 20 years on a psychotherapy couch and like a marriage that tested her boundaries all the time and then caused her to go crazy and did all this terrible stuff and hurt everybody. When I'm in that story, life seems really not fair. Right. <laughs> that is a very not fair story. So if you're in that story, of course you don't think it's fair. So the way I moved beyond that story was I actually invested in training I invested in teachers who'd already made the leap into the new identity and the new identity is your soul. 
So when you're yeah. in your soul identity, you see things very differently because you're able to accept responsibility for choosing your parents, for choosing your life's circumstances, for choosing the lessons you came here to learn, and for trusting that your soul has wisdom and it knows, and then you can trust it, and it's you that you're trusting. It's your capital S self. So when you get help to shift yourself, because usually we need help to shift into that new understanding, because it's hard to do all by yourself when you're in the lower self, but when you get some help to open that up for you, now you're in the big self conversation. Now you love things like looking at your gene keys chart. You know, I love the gene, that's a map, gene keys, G-E-N-E-K-E-Y-S.com. I love that. Richard Rudd did a great job channeling I Ching wisdom and connecting it with human design and a whole bunch of other great stuff. Right. When you look at something like that, it's like, oh, there's my life. Thank you very much. I see all the pathways. You, you see yourself from a new lens. And then you go, oh, this was totally fair because I came in to learn about judgment and how to move myself into integrity and seeing it's all perfect all the time. Oh, this is perfect. I came in to learn about opinion sure. and develop my skill for farsightedness so that I could become omniscient and see everybody's perspective and realize there's like so 8 billion perspectives on the planet at this time. Wow. I, I mean, you start to see through a different lens that opens everything up into curiosity and discovery. And now it's about discovery, not about punishment. It's a wow. different model. And then when you're in that process, the sensation is, and this is where people get tripped up because it's very disorienting when you're going when you're shifting from these two perspectives, the small self and the big self, it feels like your world was like this. And then it starts to kind of flip totally upside down. Yeah. And then you're in now you're in a different, you just, the whole world flipped and then, and you might be clinging and your nails cl like going down the chalkboard, but you're losing my reality. And then, but what happens is it restabilizes in right side up world because you realize you were an upside down world and you thought that was right side up. But then when it flips and you get on solid ground of love, you go, oh, I was completely in illusion. This is right side up world. This is loving. This is compassionate. This is curious. This is understanding. This is allowing, accepting, embracing. This is the real medicine I was after sitting in the pew all those years, but I wasn't getting it. And I didn't understand why it wasn't happening for me because now I trust myself. And I take responsibility for myself. I'm not asking for some savior to come and save me. I know that that person's only pointing the way for I can also do that and right. so much greater you will do your self capital S. Yes. And that is that internal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's inner work. Go yeah. in. Like a lot of the passages about that actually Yeshua Ben Yosef said about going inside, those aren't highlighted. You know, those are like either stricken or they don't focus on that. But that is, that's the same medicine Buddha taught. It's, you know, timeless wisdom is timeless. There's, it's timeless. All the master teachers teach one version of the same thing through their own voice, which is go inside. Yes. The kingdom is within. Yes. <laughs> Contemplate, yes. meditate. Connect with your capital S self. Things will get yeah. better. Yes. <laughs> and just like when we opened the show about we're all going through these 
painful initiations. That it is painful. Can, it is. It can be a betrayal. It can be a loss of, you know, people that you love, a child, a loved one. It can be a physical accident. That initiation can take many different forms. Whatever it takes to get us to go, oh, I need to go within. That's a gift. It's so a why, gift. Not only is it fair, but oh my God, are you lucky? Some people don't are, aren't given the initiation. Some people aren't given the opportunity to lose everything and to have their world flip. And what a gift. It's a huge doorway, you know, and that doorway is only presented to souls who are ready for the initiation. I want to say that again. So this is where I need a PSA moment. <laughs> like, <laughs> please, please hear me when you are presented with this opportunity you are blessed you are blessed because you are opening up to your capital s self and that is going to change uh, like literally everything in your world is going to get better in every single way even though there's still pain you won't be suffering like it's so much better and everybody gets to choose when that door opens for them some souls are not ready for this initiation yet some souls need to spend their whole lifetime struggling with human drama in order to learn from that drama so that the next lifetime or the next or the next or the next, you know, however many lifetimes it takes, then they'll be ready for that epic moment that you are currently experiencing. So there is no right or wrong. You know, there's a unique thumbprint. And one of the temptations I fell into in my own journey was once I realized all this and I got into my soul self, I wanted to tell everybody else. And I do tell everybody else, whoever will listen, but I wanted to tell my family. Like I wanted to go into like have my family, well, you gotta do this and you gotta do that. And this is the right way. And this is that, and I started to like try to indoctrinate people. And that's the very thing that turns people off. And I think Christians have really learned that lesson. You know, that makes people really angry actually. So um, the thing to do is just hold space. And to realize that as you, um claim your capital as self and you open up all your gifts first of all enjoy your ride like this is your mystical journey with the divine one-to-one -one. you get a clear connection with your higher self and with source that's amazing like just enjoy the journey like after you thought you couldn't do that now you get to what that's right. like the, that's the best thing ever so just enjoy your private conversation with the divine it's like and if you're called to be a messenger and share it then share it but like let your family be and trust because this is the next piece which is super fun and you can't have any expectations around it trust that as you up level your dna because we all have ancestral dna in our bodies as you up level your ancestral dna through all your work you do on yourself through your inner contemplation with your capital s self that also uplifts your entire timeline including all the beloveds that you have and as you hold space with people, and this is one of the chapters in the second wave book, and I don't know if anybody, this is the cover in case you want to, the second wave with the yes. rainbow eye. And I will put the link in the show notes for sure. Yeah, that yeah. book talks about this great section from Jennifer Huff, um, who's a physicist, that we emit light from our bodies, just like plants. We share light with each other. And the light that we share with each other 
is our consciousness. So however much we've lifted our own consciousness and also through our voice we share. So however much access we have to an open heart, however open our heart is and how deep our love is, that comes through our voice. And so there's like a two-fold way that we communicate these transmissions with each other through the being of the light, through our light bodies and our auric fields, and also through our voice and our love. And when we claim this for ourselves, we actually can share that with everybody we meet without saying a word except maybe hang, sing a little song to yourself in the grocery store. You you don't need to tell anybody anything really unless you're called to be a messenger and stand up in front of a group like i'm right now it that if you can just show up yeah. and intend that love is spread every i am love through all that i see before me i am joy through all that i see before me yeah. you can just be that and it will change things in massive ways that you only see like you'd have to see a time elapse, like the flower time elapses in order to really see what's going on. The guides in the upper realms can see what's happening and it's magical. It's like a rainbow lighting, uh, just like rainbow sprays happening like all over the planet right now. It's just that we're in the darkness and we're like, oh, it's so dark. It, it's not actually like there's like tons of rainbow light coming all over the planet. And the darkness is the mulch that's helping us to really catalyze our growth so that the pressure like physics the pressure mounts within us like me like i talked about the constriction wow. that constriction was necessary to catalyze this certain change that combustion that alchemy that happened within me from which myself emerged and now there's no going back like i know who i am in truth right and nobody can take that away and it doesn't really matter what happens to you not really because mm -mm. i'm eternal so are you so is everybody else exactly you know? Yeah. It, it's so simple. It's that inner abundance that we were talking about at the beginning. So you, you work with people in many different capacities. Where can people find out more about you and your offerings and get in touch? My website, carriehummingbird.com, K-E-R-R-I, hummingbird.com. And also I have Soul Nectar Show, which Laura is on, soulnectar.show. That's S-O-U-L-N-E-C-T-A-R.com show and you know so what do i do with people i do healing sessions that's a simple way i do discovery calls if you just want to kind of chat and see if this is right for you um because you know this is a big step when you when you take this step where you're going to like go between the upside down world and the right side up world you want a mentor that you can really trust and that's an important process you should be selective so um, i do discovery calls because i know people need to be selective and then I teach inner medicine training. So that indigenous wisdom you were talking about at the beginning, um, my home, my indigenous medicine training home as a soul this time around is Peru. And so I love the Andes. I feel at home there. The medicine feels strong for me there. I love the people. I love the rainbow. I love. I have my own rainbow poncho and my rainbow hat. I, I love that. It just lights me up. So that's where the space that I teach from when I share this medicine with people to connect back with their self and back with the earth and to step into remembering they're connected to all that is and I am you and you are me. That's called inner medicine training. And, you know, we, I have one starting up pretty soon and then they periodically start every six months or so. So yeah, check it out, have a call, get a healing session, experience the magic. Yeah. 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 
Thank you so much. Listeners, I do encourage you if you're like, huh, I'm, I'm wondering if there's something there to check this out. Um, as you know, if you've listened to my show on Peru, I too have been to Peru and was captivated by, by all of this and the power and the feeling. And if you're curious, check it out. Um, I promise you, I, I've, I've known Carrie, like I said, I've just been on her show and we've communicated a few times. She is 100% authentic from the heart. She's not going to rope you into something or tell you something painful or hard or give you a high pressure sales pitch because it's not about any of that. It's about mm-hmm. love and her experience. So if you're feeling any sort of curiosity at all, I do encourage you to reach out. I hope you have an amazing amazing, beautiful week. You are the lucky ones. Please know that you are the lucky ones. You have been handed this initiation. The doorway is there and it's your choice whether to walk through it or not, but I know that you will love it. The view on the other side is phenomenal. Have an amazing week. And as usual, always remember to flaunt exactly who you are because who you are is always more than enough. Are you looking for a great way to make new connections and spread your wings? Revel is a new kind of social platform exclusively for women over 40, where you can do just that. With virtual and in real life events, authentic conversations, and no ads, Revel is the community site exclusively designed for like-minded, fabulous, fun women in midlife. Learn more and join for free at hellorevel slash flaunt. That's hello, R-E-V is in Victor, E-L, dot com slash flaunt. Come join us. It's nourishing and super fun. Tune in next time to Flaunt. Find your sparkle and create a life you love after infidelity or betrayal with radio host and live choreographer Laura Cheadle every Wednesday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Develop naked self-worth and reclaim your confidence, enthusiasm, and joy so you can create a life you love and embrace who you are today. Download your free Sparkle Through Betrayal Recovery Guide at NakedSelfWorth.com. 